time for the 75th QuackCast. This one is called Recycle. Now, before we move to the meat of the podcast, two bits of business. On today is the 9th of October, 2011. On October 19th, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, I will be giving a talk with Kimball Atwood in Boston at Tommy Doyle's. Somewhere near Harvard, I guess. You can find more information at Boston Skeptics. Come and give me fawning adoration. The other bit of business is I have been nominated for Best Health Podcast by the Podcast Awards. You can vote October 17th on You can vote daily. This is a lot like Chicago in that you can vote multiple times. While you're at it on your day, go to the Podcast Awards website and vote for the QuackCast. While you're at it, might I recommend you add a little vote for Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. And there are two other Portland podcasts up for awards. One in the news is Legion of News by Rick Emerson. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend it highly. And they could get a vote. And then Fun Employment Radio in the comedy section. Another Portland podcast. It's one of my favorites and very funny. And it would be nice if there was a Portland trifecta of winning podcasts. The Quackcast, Fun Employment Radio, and Legion of News. But you're not here to have me tell you what to do. You're here to learn about the next QuackCast. This one is called Recycle. Like most people who grew up after April 22nd, 1970, I think it is important to be as environmentally responsible as possible. Like many, I fail miserably much of the time, but at least I feel guilty about it. Recycling offers the opportunity to feel good about me and my environmental impact with little effort since the garbage collection infrastructure in Portland makes recycling easy. Some products are best extensively reprocessed before they are reused. Urine, as an example. Now, there are proponents of topical and or drinking of urine as a treatment slash cure for nearly any illness. Kidneys are mostly responsible for fluid and electrolyte balance, and I realize that normal urine is mostly water, salts, urea, and a smattering of other very dilute molecules. And I have the urine tox screen to prove it. Urine is not a particularly noxious bodily fluid, but it is not high on my list of liquids to drink under normal circumstances. Urine, for the most part, is not an optimal source of water if it is your only source of fluid. Urine drinkers love to mention the occasional trapped earthquake victim who survives in part from drinking their own urine. For the first several days, the urine would be dilute enough to keep people reasonably hydrated, as humans are not as good as, say, a camel at concentrating their urine. So I can see where consuming urine for a short period of time could delay progressive dehydration and death. A couple of days of drinking urine neat, shaken, not stirred, would be harmless, and if there were no alternative sources of water, even beneficial. I do suffer from the societal taboo that piss is icky. And for aesthetic reasons, urine is not something I would want to consume. Even when it is referred to as this more common designation, 
Coors Light. The kidney, I should mention, is the only organ in the body that functions upon magic. Really. Does anybody really believe or understand the function of this so-called loop of Henley? I scoff at those who talk about human energy fields or water having memory, but as best I can tell, the loop of Henley is no different. My undergrad degree was in physics, so at some point I understood, put that in quotes, quantum mechanics and relativity, at least well enough to take the tests. The loop? Bah. Total smoke and mirrors. Drinking your own piss evidently has a long history, especially in India and Asia, and advocates love to misquote the Bible, as who doesn't? Proverbs 5.15, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Although the following verses in Proverbs suggest it is a metaphor for marital fidelity, not consuming pee. The Bible has never been a convincing source of medical advice, Although with teenage boys at home, I increasingly see the wisdom of Deuteronomy 21.18-21, Exodus 21.17, and Proverbs 30.17, all of which concern what I would generously call excessive discipline for your kids. The rationale behind drinking your urine is simple. It is an ultrafiltrate of all that is best in your blood, with none of the toxins which are allegedly processed and disposed of by the liver. So you could probably never have a urine tox screen positive for for drugs. The coke and meth in my patient's urine must be a false positive. So when you drink your urine, you are consuming a golden elixir of salts, proteins, and hormones containing all you need to treat virtually every disease and maintain your health. Sort of an uber energy drink with none of the caffeine and fewer calories. Your own early morning midstream urine is to be preferred. And in a pinch, you could drink the urine of others, preferably of the same sex. I suppose it would be unwise to drink the urine of the autistic, it being loaded with mercury, aluminum, and other toxic metals. Are there really uses for urine? Popular culture has it that peeing on a jellyfish sting will relieve the pain. This is neither supported nor denied by the medical literature. It appears to be the one therapy with no supporting Cochrane review. However, urine on a jellyfish sting, if dilute, is counterproductive since fresh water will trigger jellyfish nematodocytes to fire and increase the pain of the sting. Similarly, topical urine is advised for bee, mosquito, and other venomous bites with neither supporting nor disconfirming data. Given the medical benefits of urea, mostly as a moisturizer at concentrations many times higher than that in urine and other molecules in urine, there may be products in the piss that could inactivate venomous stings. I can't dismiss that concept out of hand, although concentrations of any molecule in well-hydrated people would be minimal. So, if you're going to use the urine on a sting, I would suggest it be from a trapped earthquake survivor or a lifeboat victim, which will become much more concentrated with time. And do not use the piss of your corona-addled swimming or hiking partner. It is an ongoing curiosity how proponents of curious therapies will take a little bit of truth 
and magnify its significance out of all proportion to reality. Here's an example. Urokinase is a protein that has utility in dissolving clots. Its dose, depending on what is being treated, is somewhere around 500,000 to 2 million units intravenously. Normal urine contains urokinase, but how much? I find it contains about 2,000 units per mil. Compare that with the 500,000 units you need to break up a clot. Hardly enough to have any effect should it be consumed orally, since given the ability of the GI tract to reduce proteins to amino acid, there should be no urokinase in consumed urine reaching the bloodstream. Yet, because urokinase is high in a useful protein when used clinically, they think it is also useful orally as a medicine. That's just weird. Now, one site notes that there are 2 grams of protein and 100 milligrams of glucose excreted in the urine a day. Is that a lot? 2 grams of protein. Well, a dollar bill weighs a gram, so we make 1 to 2 liters of urine a day. So a cup of urine will contain about half a dollar bill in weight of protein, roughly the same as a McDonald's meat patty, and 25 milligrams of glucose. 25 milligrams of glucose would be about the size of the one on the back of a dollar. Compare that to about 8,000 milligrams of protein and 12,000 milligrams of glucose in a cup of milk. Not quite homeopathic concentrations in your piss, but getting close. The arguments behind the use of medicinal piss are the usual. Appeals to antiquity, never mentioning that the average life expectancy of the ancients was a titch longer than a fruit fly, innumerable anecdotes, and the ever-popular secrets they don't want you to know. Quote, The medical community has already been aware of urine's astounding efficacy for decades, yet none of us has ever been told about it. Why? Maybe they think it's too controversial. It'll be on Dr. Oz next. Or maybe, more accurately, there wasn't any monetary award for telling people what scientists know about one of the most extraordinarily natural healing elements in the world. End quote. You know, it's getting increasingly difficult to keep track of all the miracle cures I am supposed to keep secret. One of these days, I am going to slip up and inadvertently cure somebody with an effective and inexpensive natural remedy. Evidently, according to the YouTube's videos, even dogs and monkeys participate in the healing effects of drinking their own urine. Or they have sloppy aim. Of course, monkeys and dogs eat their own vomit, and dogs have been known to eat other animals' crap, so I don't think they have a particularly discerning palate. My loop of Henley psychoses notwithstanding, the understanding of renal physiology by urinologists is, well, interesting. One site calls urine purer than distilled water, and then it lists all the beneficial chemicals found in urine. Given that the purpose of distilled water is to make the product nothing but H2O, that is an interesting contradiction. Or, quote, Urine is believed to be a byproduct of blood filtration. It is not excess water that is released by the body. Tell that to a dialysis patient. When blood-filled nutrients pass through the liver, 
The toxins are filtered out and excreted as solid waste. The purified blood then travels to the kidney where excess nutrients are eliminated from the body, end quote. George Carlin used to talk about jumbo shrimp and military intelligence. Perhaps we should add cam understanding to that list. The problem is getting the nerve to drink your own piss, since there is an aversion to consuming pee. As Rita Mae Brown said in a different context, nothing is unnatural, just untried. If you work yourself up to it, all things are possible. Quote, how many people do you know who have drunk enough urine to really know what it tastes like? <laughs> Probably not too many. Those who regularly drink their own urine say it. But taking urine into your mouth might be too big a step to begin with. Rubbing a drop into and first smelling your own urine can help you overcome part of the barrier. Really, it does not smell bad at all. Many people even like its sometimes sweet odor. Yeah, the diabetics. Some extensive massaging of urine into your skin is also a good way to become accustomed to your life water. How can you overcome the feelings of aversion to drinking your own golden elixir? Start by drinking a drop with each sip each day and slowly build up to fill a glass of urine. Kind of reverse homeopathy. This is the most comfortable way to allow your body, mind, and soul to become accustomed to this therapy. End quote. I'll pass. It would seem for those who participate in urine therapy, there is a certain embarrassment in talking about their life-changing cure for everything. It is really kind of sad, and I feel for them. It must be difficult to have the easy access to the cure for all diseases and have to feel uncomfortable about discussing it due to societal taboos. And let me tell you, if we meet in public, really, I do not want to know if you drink your piss. That would be, under almost every conceivable circumstances, the Oxford English Dictionary definition of oversharing. Urine therapy is, of course, a panacea. Quote, one of the most powerful, most researched, and most medically proven natural cures ever discovered. Multiple sclerosis, colitis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, hepatitis, hyperactivity, that would calm you down, pancreatic insufficiency, psoriasis, eczema, diabetes, herpes, mono, adrenal failure, allergies, and so many other ailments have been relieved through the use of this therapy. End quote. Not a bad list. Looking through the interwebs, there is no medical condition that is not amenable to treatment with either topical or oral urine. And wisely, they advise against intravenous injection. Yeah, IV piss? Bad idea. And the evidence for efficacy? None. Testimonials. Any reason to suspect drinking your piss would help any medical condition? Nah. Given the dilute nature of the products in the urine, it should be neither helpful nor harmful and most of the time should be sterile. Of course, the lack of efficacy or plausibility is no hindrance to drinking piss. As one website on the mechanism of urine therapy notes, quote, theories have never been proven using modern scientific procedures to verify his ideas 
and at some levels have been completely disproven. But nevertheless, people still believe them. Maybe the power of belief in this instance overcomes what factually may not be real. End quote. The secret sums up the whole feel of alternative medicine, does it not? Addendum. The links to sources in this podcast may or may not refer back to original sources, as is often the case in the more marginal CAM therapies, and some are more marginal than others. Many sites appear nearly identical in content, one large cut-and-paste fest. Even Vanderbilt University regurgitates the same text on urine therapy as if it were original without proper references. One would think a university would be sensitive to issues of plagiarism. Although perhaps, and I can't tell, Vanderbilt may be the original source. And so ends the QuackCast 75. Don't forget to go and write me glowing reviews on iTunes. Perhaps you can come up and shake my hand only after you've alcohol foamed it when I'm in Boston. And otherwise, I'll see you in about half an hour for QuackCast 76.